0: The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX its board staff or underwriters. You're listening to Ability Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Kishma B. Francis of the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. And we are joined today by Donnelly Edwards KB, facilitator for White Teens. Donnelly, if you can just introduce yourself and the organization.
1: Hello, I'm Donnelly Edwards KB. I'm the board president of White Teens, Virgin Islands, Inc., and also the executive director of the organization. White Teens VI Inc. is an incorporated nonprofit that has been in existence in the Virgin Islands for the last 12 years. We work with youth. Specifically, our target group is the work that we do with girls and young women around uh, leadership building, personal growth and development, and also mental health and
0: wellness. I just want to say that I, attended one of the presentations at White Teens, and I was very much inspired because it's mental health, wellness through presentation. And what I loved about it is because it was very interactive. Even if you're shy, it actually relieves you a little bit. So can you tell us more about the presentation that I sat in on?
1: Sure. And thank you so much for attending. You actually attended our um, speakers club, this kickoff of our speakers and presentation club series. And that really is a program where we encourage young people to utilize their voice, to really tell their story, and through the Speakers Club and Presentation Series, we are just equipping them as to the best ways to do that. It is their story, and we are empowering them to tell their stories. This is a program that came out of COVID-19 when we were forced to go online with our programming. But we also knew, because we work with the demographic of young people, women and girls, 12, sometimes we have younger because we do have little sisters program, but generally nine years to 18 years old. And we knew that the pandemic and particularly when we went into lockdown in 2020, that many of the young people, it was difficult for them and they had to find different ways of coping. We saw a lot of self-described mental, mental wellness issues. They were coping with anxiety. They were coping with borderline being depressive. And many of them were just coping with being in isolation, social isolation from their peers, from their regular way of life. And so we, Really, we looking for ways to support them. And the work that we have been doing now was birthed during that time. And really, we were thinking around how do we enable them to use their voice to talk about the experiences that they were having in COVID-19.
0: I just want to really not only stress that COVID-19 happened, but prior to that, we had the hurricane. So we have students and young women and young men that went through a devastating hurricanes Irma and Maria. And then a couple months later, after the island was being rebuilt, after everything was going back to normal, here comes COVID-19. So programs like this that allow students to articulate their feelings or find a way or outlet to just present and relieve that stress are important. Have you seen the change in the um, young women? I
1: couldn't agree with you more. And yes, we have seen um, the changes. And I'm glad you made the link between um, the hurricanes and also uh, the the pandemic that many of these young people who are now presenting as 16, 17-year-olds, 15-year-olds who went through three four or five years of upheaval in their life. And the changes that we have seen is that many of the young people, they have now to relearn social skills in many ways. They have to relearn being now again, part of an in-person setting. And many of them know how COVID impacted them and it led them to be much more introverted. It gave them a lot of anxiety, and it gives them a lot of fear about what they didn't know about this uh, this pandemic and its possible impact on them and their loved ones. So many of them became very inward looking, And so now we have to deal with that now that we ourselves have gone back to in-person meetings as of uh, this past October. And so those are the changes we have seen. We, of course, have also seen that they have matured in many ways. And many of them are now coming to the close of their high school career. And so many of them are also looking about how do they... Uh, make the transition to higher education, going after college, going after work. So we have seen a lot of changes. And the session that you you missed two weeks ago was when they were diving in to how did they really cope during COVID-19? What did they do to relieve some of the pressures that they were facing? And many talked about mm-hmm. taking up reading. Many did that. TikTok, the social media, did you know, just went down that rabbit hole. But others also talked about picking up a new skill, a new passion. Some took up photography. Some drew, uh, did drawing and painting. And others (laughs) slept a lot. And Mm. many others said, We gained weight. We gained that COVID 10, that COVID 20. Mm -hmm. And they were really open and honest about that. So we had a really great time talking about that. But how do they now tell some of those stories? Did any of them do writing? A few of them did journaling and were using that as an outlet. And some of them were into poetry and speaking expression. So that was mm-hmm. a time when they did that as well.
0: How important is it to speak, to write, to articulate, to just verbalize when it comes to mental wellness?
1: Extremely important. It it gives voice to feelings that, Might not be otherwise expressed. It's a medium that says, hey, you know, I'm okay. What I am thinking, what the experiences that I'm having, the feelings that I'm having, this becomes an outlet to that. And it also potentially becomes a bridge to other young people sharing their experiences. Hey, I can identify with that. That's exactly how I felt. And we see a lot of that when they start sharing. You know, you get a lot of, yeah, yeah, that was me. Yes, I did so-and-so. Yes, this was what I was thinking about. And I saw my complexion changing. I cut off my hair because who's going to notice? Anyhow, I'm indoors. And I saw how I related to family and friends take on a different tone. So the public expression, being able to speak to those things, is a tool of empowering them. And it's also a tool in terms of social good, that can help their peers and the community as well, to hear how this group of young people, these group of teenagers many times or preteens, how they coped in a situation that was impacting all of us as parents, as caregivers, as community
0: members. I I need to go back to that event because I really like the fact that there was one student, she said, I'm shy. But when it came to presenting or because we had a beach ball exercise Mm. and the beach ball exercise, you throw it and then you read what's on the beach ball and you answer the question. And this one student was like, I'm afraid I'm shy. But when she spoke, it was like, it was such a supportive environment that I myself, I'm shy, I am shy, but Mm -hmm. I have to present, I have to do a lot of, you know, speaking, etc. But it just made me feel supported, no judgment. So how important is it for students and adults to feel supported, especially when it comes to mental health?
1: Just absolutely critical, extremely important. One of the premises that Y Teens VI is built around is providing a safe space. We operate on a safe space model in terms of our programming. And it is always that we create the environment, we create that free, open, non judgmental space for young people to just be themselves. And many of the, the young ladies that you saw on that Saturday have grown up in white teens and have been part of the group for four or five years. Uh, In the case of my daughter, (laughs) forever, we launched a program when she was two and a half years old and now she's a senior. So they have always had that. And that is a critical environment when we talk about mental health and wellness for young people they need to be in a space where they know that their peers are not judging them and the facilitators of the program are not judging them, that we are open, we are nurturing, that we want to encourage their full growth and expression. And so they come into it knowing that it's okay. Nobody's going to laugh at me because uh, my experiences are more than likely the experiences of all the persons around this table. And we work hard to provide that enabling and welcoming environment because we know that's how they thrive. That's where they thrive best. It breaks yeah. down the barriers and they can talk about stuff that are, are difficult. You know, it's, it's difficult to tell sometimes to tell others that, hey, I'm struggling. I I am having really these thoughts that I don't know where they're coming from. I feel sad. I feel anxious. I feel fearful. And then to Say that in a context of others who also know what you're talking about and who are able to say, it's okay, that's that's how I feel. These are some strategies, these are some tips I can offer about some things you could do, and these are some strategies that have worked for me. And so they help one another. <laughs> they, they co-lead and they also really Act as peer leaders for for each other,
0: and I think it's important to note too at this presentation, the adults were involved. Mm. The adults were involved, so the students get to get an opportunity to hear from the adults how they're doing, their favorite foods, and all of that stuff. And I think when you're operating from a space where everyone one it's more supportive and it's more open i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it so i told everyone about it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> i'm still telling people about it what's next for white uh, team
1: well and, and thank you for for those kind comments we we really try to do that and we enjoy it and we never go into white teens thinking we are the adults we are the experts we know everything. We are learning with the young people that we are working with and they are my greatest teachers. They tell me when my language is not cool and, you know, they, they correct me and they give me tips. So we always learn from them in terms of what's next. Now we are in that fluid place of still navigating. How do we do programming in this new post pandemic context? and now we're in this endemic time stage of of things how do we encourage young people to continue to come out to be together in an in-person setting and so that's one of the things that we're doing and we are still those are next steps we're offering other programs the youth speakers and presentation series that that you, we have been speaking about, that continues. It continues up until April. And then we are also doing some other programs that we do annually or have done annually in the pre-pandemic period. And those are things like our Youth Get Fit Day event. And this year we are focusing on youth health and wellness, youth mental health. As we have fun outdoors, we are also intentionally talking about how do you cope as young people with your understanding that your mental wellness is equally as important as your physical wellness. And so we have a day of fun and engagement, but also a day of mini workshops and health and wellness and mental wellness as a focal point. And then we we continue to do things like our STEM program. We do a lot of work around technology. So, you know, we build robots, we assemble robots, and we do uh, a program that focuses around girls in engineering. And so those things are still part of the program. And we have two sessions of those coming up that takes us to the end of June when we take a break for the summer.
0: Uh, Mental wellness is very important, not only as a staff attorney at the Disability Rights Center, but also just in general. Because when your mind is clear, when you're functioning at your fullest capacity, when you understand why certain situations don't (laughs) fit <laughs> into what you're thinking yeah. when you, mental wellness is important. It's very important because it's enabled you to function physically also. So you said that you guys are doing something with mental wellness and it's, it, is it similar to the speakers program?
1: Yes. Uh, a little bit of both. Um, every program we do, we always try to give the young people their equal space. In it. So, several of those young women will be part of the presentation. Some of them, mm-hmm. how have you expressed yourself? And some of them are into poetry out loud, and some of them are into public speaking. So, we're going to be bringing some of the things that they've learned through the presentation and public speaking process to the health and wellness fund date that we are going to be having. And then we'll have speakers. Generally, we partner with other youth serving organizations, therapists and others to make presentations.
0: Okay, that's great. That's great. So, why teens, do you do you guys have an opportunity to look at their grades and see how they progressed over the years or is it just strictly on the presentation?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um This is a a mentorship program as well, and this is also us providing support to them in all areas. So their academic progress is a critical piece as well. So every semester, at the end of every semester, when they get their progress reports, they know that they bring them in or they send us messages about how are they doing, because we're going to ask. We want to know, how are you doing? Are you having areas of challenge? Do you need extra support in a particular area? One of the things we do as the adult advisors and facilitators is that we are an advocate for them. If they're having challenges in a particular area, for many of them, it might be math. It might be just relating with our staff or relating with the way in which a particular core subject area is being delivered or taught. We talk about that, we strategize about that, but also if it's necessary, we are able to make interventions for them or we are able to say, okay, if eight of you out of the 15 are having issues with math. Maybe this is something that we need to provide some kind of external support to. Pre-hurricane, pre-pandemic, we did that. Uh, So we brought in like a tutor to work with some of them one or two sessions around what are the common math issues that you're facing how can you overcome those giving them some tips and pointers and working with them so we we do that and their the academic progress is is what sparks that and so we track that throughout the year how are you doing and then at the end of the year when we're doing our summer wrap-up we always have an award ceremony where they get recognized for, hey, you have passed and you're moving on to a new grade. Let's celebrate that with you. And they get awards and certificates from us as well as an organization.
0: Oh, I love that. And you talk about advocacy, self-advocacy, and them communicating, the students communicating with the teachers and administrators. That's very important. That's very important because the best advocate for a child is the child themselves. For the simple fact that they know exactly what they need and they know how they need to get there. However, they need the teachers and the administrators to guide them and to give them the tools. So I really like that. Are the parents involved in the white teams?
1: Yes, parents generally are involved on, on different levels. They support the group. Uh, We always have a parent meeting in the first semester of our functioning. Just in terms of getting back in person, we have delayed that, but certainly before, We get to the end of this semester. That's one of the things that we do. We keep the parents abreast of what we do. We have a parent group for notices and for information, but also for suggestions. And we always ask the parents to support the activities. I interact, the other youth facilitators interact with the parents on an ongoing basis. They know they can always come to us if they're experiencing an area of challenge on the home front with their young woman or younger and we you know because we have a relationship with them we're able to as a big sister concerned adult in their life we are also sometimes to have the conversations that parents are having difficulty having with them so parents are very involved and you know <laughs> they have growing young women who are always hungry and in need of food. So parents also help us with the snacks and the healthy um, snacks that we provide for our programs when we meet.
0: I like a lot. I like it a lot because not only are the parents involved, but you can be another voice for the parent or for the student when we need a situation addressed. Have you had any students that have moved on past white teens, finished high school? and now they're in college? Or is this the core group that we've seen? Oh yes, Um, because
1: we have been around for over 12 years, we now have uh, white teens VI alumni These are students who have graduated, many of them because of our island environment. Many of them have gone stateside and other places for higher education. Some of them have graduated and who continue to stay connected to the organization, one of the persons we have on the board who is now a staff was in the initial cohort of White Teens VI. And she's now kind of my right hand person who does our social media and does our administrative support. Albeit she she's doing it from Georgia, but she is an active integral member of the organization even to present day and she was one of the first ones and so now she's a young woman who has gone through the college experience is a professional is a parent herself now and you know the cycle just repeats itself. But yes, our, we keep very close to the young women who have gone through the program and they come back in the summer. And if we're having summer events. They volunteer. They come back home for Christmas and they're coming to the Christmas party, whether we invite them or not, because they know they're always invited. This is home for them. And um, we are just always excited to see them. And we check in on them in college. We have a group now. Last year, we had five of our, members who graduated high school and have moved on to college and we're always checking in with them you know how are you doing we have a closed Facebook group that they're part of and so they send updates we see what they're doing And yeah, they're always rooting for white teens and they become peer mentors over the process to the girls who are currently in the program. And the young girls look forward to seeing them and hearing from them.
0: Yes, and that's awesome because as far as the mental wellness, And the support, Um, it sounds like it doesn't stop. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stop once they leave the program, which is good because once you have a support system in place, it's always good to continue that support system throughout life. Yes, Mm -hmm. we outgrow some support systems, but if we haven't outgrown it, don't stop it. (laughs) For That's sure, White Team is not only a mentorship; it's a presentation club that touches or addresses issues that so many of us are afraid to even talk about, and it's mental wellness. There are a lot of people walking around undiagnosed or underdiagnosed, but being able to talk about your experience, being able to verbally or written as you stated, because there are poetry, students, students who write poetry, just being able to write on a piece of paper or verbalize how you feel, how are you coping, it relieves a lot of pressure. And I am—I I was blown away. So thank you very much for joining us today. Um, and I really would like to just leave your contact information in case they want to know um, more about it, okay?
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for the opportunity. We really appreciate you and appreciate the support you've provided to the program in the short time that we have been involved. We just want to normalize mental health and wellness. And the place to start it is with children and young young women and young people generally, general, young men and young women. And in terms of our contact information, we have an email address called Yteensvi at gmail.com. Yteensvi at gmail.com. Persons can always make contact with me. My phone number is 340 626 9804. And we also have a Facebook page called Yteensvi Inc and they can like our Facebook page and be in touch with us. Uh, I think we also have an Insta, an Instagram account uh, as well, White Teens VI. And uh, so those are the ways in which persons can contact us. We are always looking for volunteers. We are always looking for supporters and we are looking for other young women uh, to be part of our program. And when we do, wider extensive programs we are also looking for young men to be involved in our technology program in our youth get fit activities so we we really look forward to the support of the community and we're always looking for sponsors and donors
0: thank you very much Um, and this has been ability radio my name is kishma b francis of the disability rights center of the virgin islands have a great day Views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of WTJX, its board, staff, or undergrad.